Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Ferguson. Today we got a good one. I have on a special guest slash co-host and a friend of mine, Reed Bacon. Uh, we're talking about Kevin Steele, the fact that he's leaving uh, some recruits, picking other teams over Tennessee, and share some big orange juice, some juicy stories from my playing days and some stuff he experienced. So, uh... Without further ado, let's start the show. By the game, snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up. Fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught on Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. The 35 to the 40 to the 45 to the 50 to the 45 to the 40 to the 35 30 25 20 15 10 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt. Touchdown on play number one. word from our sponsors at bet online so nba is in full swing you got college basketball going into the madness of march uh you got your nc double a tournament coming up you also have your conference championships coming up so ton of places to bet and the place to go is bet online uh with the term- tournament coming up there is a hundred thousand dollar Bracket Madness Contest at Bet Online. Um, it is the spot for your bracketology bets. Has you have to go to Bet Online. Um, they're covering all the news, the scores, the odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up, so nothing to lose. Um, you know, head over to the website BetOnline.ag. Uh, or use your mobile device and uh, sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so I am welcoming on a special guest today. Um, he might be a co host moving forward. He is one of my great friends uh, from high school. A uh, huge UT fan, huge Titans fan. Uh, also played a little football in college at Memphis. Um, and I think he, he's just going to be a great fit and be able to give a fan's perspective because I think sometimes that's something I'm missing. Uh, please welcome Reed Bacon. What's up, Kyler? This is, uh, this, is, this is awesome. So it's, it's funny because – we talk almost every day, and uh, I think you just hit the nail on the head talking about the fan perspective. Um, just because we – I guess we came up with this idea because I always listen to the podcast. 
then I call you, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we get then we get in arguments and stuff because I I see stuff differently, I guess. But uh, yeah, this is exciting. I'm I'm excited. Just I mean, it's really like we're we're talking on the phone, but but I hope hopefully some listeners find it enjoyable, you know, and 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 and, and like the the points. Maybe they feel like. I'm bringing up points that they want to ask you because you're the former player. You're the one that's done it. You're the one that's been around the these uh, hot button coaches of <laughs> of Dooley and Butch and and then uh, all that good stuff. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like you said, um, going to Knoxville Catholic together and us meeting my sophomore year, your freshman year, good old biology class. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So and. Uh, and yeah, it's been great. Obviously, we're good friends, but as you know, I've been a huge fan of yours. Just like a younger brother slash best friend, but my big brother. Uh, and just watching <laughs> you, and uh, I guess I feel like uh, I know what it feels like somewhat to be a parent because I'm sitting there watching UT games and I'm locked in on 77. So, yeah, right. no, the only reason I bring you on so you can uh, talk about me more about how great I am. You you are incredible. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'll help. I'll help. I'll help make you feel better. Yeah, no, but it is it is really true. Uh, I would put a podcast out. Reed would call me. He would argue with me, and help me remember different stories in which I thought people are missing out. People want to hear this. People want to, you know, know exactly what happened when I was in college or. Um, you know, maybe some experiences in the NFL and I forget about them when I'm sitting by myself. So I thought it'd be great just to have a co-host, just to have somebody who can kind of remind me of those things. Yeah, I actually think, I mean, but we've been doing this even when you were playing. I remember whether you were at UT or when you went and you were in the NFL. I mean, I was calling you, we were talking every day, every other day. And I'm like, wait, what? You get to see Tom Brady? Like, like you, you tried to block Gerald McCoy. And, uh, and so we've been talking about stuff like that, but yeah, I'd listen to the podcast and I would call you about whatever you talked about. And then I felt like you were given some great insight and I'm like, dang, like, that's what they need to, you know, that's what the listeners need to hear. Yeah. You know, exactly. so I just, I, I'm just, I'm just here to stir the pot. <laughs> yes. That is your job. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're here, uh, to facilitate with that. There you go. Um, so uh, first topic we'll jump into because hot button uh, just happened the other day is Kevin Steele uh, being let go. This was kind of writing on the wall. Uh, you know, people saw it coming, especially when you're bringing in a new coaching staff, a new AD uh, coaches don't last, but it is almost a clear cut representation of what's been happening at UT recently the fact that we're paying a guy almost a million dollars to not be our coach. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny because looking at it a couple different ways, you know, as one fan perspective, I'm like, great. Like we just look like a bunch of clowns again. You know, we bring somebody in, we don't bring somebody in. I think when Kevin still got brought in, we all just assumed that uh, that Pruitt was gone. Uh, kind of they were going to bring him in and, and and get rid of Pruitt, let him kind of, like you've said on past podcasts, just kind of ride the wave, kind of kind of man the ship until they found something else, which 
I don't know Kevin Steele. I don't, I don't know much about him. I didn't want him as our head coach. I mean, we didn't hire him three years ago. Auburn didn't want to keep him. So uh, doesn't mean he's not a great coach. I just think it's kind of been there, done that. And we, we want some new blood. And the, the funny thing is, is everyone wants to talk about, well, I wish I could make $900,000 for, you know, 51 days of work. And um, like I said, it, it makes us look bad. But then again, this sounds terrible. It's like it's not my money. So hey, good, 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 good on Kevin. Good on Kevin Steele. Like go get go get you the money when you can. But uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'll be interested to see if he lands anywhere, where he lands, what he's gonna what he's gonna do. But but honestly, Kyler, like if we had kept him around, I would have been fine with it. Uh, I, I think he could have definitely helped. But I also this is hypo show. Um, let him do what he wants. I want him to get started on a path that, uh, that, you know, it's his, it's his time now. So if he didn't want him there, I'm, I'm fine with it. And, um, sounds bad, but get, get as much new blood in here as we can. And as a fan's perspective, fingers crossed that this one actually works. Yeah. So. I, I, I think it's, it's kind of strange. Cause I, I don't know if you necessarily would want Kevin Steele over Tim Banks. I don't know if it's, you know, he's a better defensive coordinator than than the other. Um, I do think Tim Banks has some stuff in his past that's a little sketchy. Uh, you know, when you really look at it, the fact that he was at Illinois and literally got replaced at his job in, in one year, like was at Illinois as a, as a defensive coordinator for three years. His last year, they brought in a guy and they co-defensive coordinated and then he and then Tim Banks was just let go and the guy got the job. So it's almost so much worse that way. Um, but I, like you said, I, I wouldn't have minded Kevin Steele. Um, but I think whenever a coach is hired, he has a certain idea in mind. He has a certain plan in mind. He has certain guys in mind that he wants to bring into the program. Um, and Kevin Steele just wasn't that. Kevin Steele was in Jeremy Pruitt's mind, a guy. To bring in or maybe Philip Fulmers. I'm not I'm not sure who made yeah, that decision, yeah. but yeah, uh he wasn't on Hypel's board is what I would say. I like well I'm I'm excited yeah I'm happy you just said Philip because I don't yeah I don't know if it was Jeremy that wanted him in or not or if it was the administration and 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 Philip and they were trying to maybe get some good pub or really thought kept well I probably I think they probably thought Kevin still was really going to be able to come in and and give a common influence or just a, a good person to get. Um, you know, I was probably excited maybe to have his recruiting and I just wanted him to bring some, some of the, some of the guys from Auburn with him. You know, we'll take all the help. We'll take all the help we can get, but yeah. And, and like I told you when we were talking on the phone, I haven't really looked into to Tim Banks much. I know you have, um, it scares me. Uh, if an offensive coordinator or defense coordinator had me calling plays or they were co-defense and co-offensive you know, coordinators. Uh, but then again, it's kind of like with recruiting. I try not to get too up and down about these coaches because we're not we're not going to know until like I'll wait until next next fall on the Saturdays and watch. And um, that's kind of where I try to make my opinion because you know, it. I mean, as a fan, it doesn't really matter now. It's it's been done. So let's just give the guy a shot and see what's up. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you. You kind of got to wait and see on a lot of this stuff and. You know, you bring up recruiting, it's the same thing. I wholeheartedly believe you really never know uh, with recruits if they're, you know, the five and the four star doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, I had plenty of guys I played with at Tennessee 
that were four and five stars that sucked, that could not put it together, that didn't understand the game. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more. It's a reason why I don't necessarily get into recruiting as much, but to see some of recent recruits, the Ty Simpsons, the Caden Martins, Sam Horns, those quarterbacks that we miss out on. Um, and I think Ty Simpson's the one that hurts a lot in Cade Martin, just because they're both in Tennessee. They're Tennessee guys that we lost. We lost to other teams. And it almost seems like that should be an easy thing. I don't know if it necessarily is nowadays, though. Yeah, we yeah, and I'm glad you brought it up. And I think it's a good perspective on this because neither of us give, get too much about in recruiting. And, and I think we'll have some good recruiting stories because you and I sit and I'll be like, well, what about this person? And you'll be like, Reed, trash, couldn't play. And so we can get <laughs> we can get into that later because I think that that stuff as a fan perspective is fascinating because the media builds these people up. They talk about these recruits, they come on campus and then you were there with them. Like you were in practice with them. You saw it. And so I always used to ask you about that stuff, but yeah, about Ty Simpson and Sam Horn and Caden Martin. I mean, yeah, all the buddies that I talk to that are huge, huge homers, huge Tennessee fans love. And, you know, um, they, they definitely get upset and they ride the recruiting wave and I get it. I mean, it's, uh, it's what college football is now, but just from my perspective, like one thing that nobody's talking about is these guys aren't playing this year. Like these, these guys are not going to be on campus in a week or two. They're not going to be in spring practice. Like Sam Horn, Caden Martin, Ty Simpson, they got a whole nother year of, of, of high school football. And so who's to say, that they don't flip, that they don't they don't change their commitment. And I have not heard anybody say that. Well, maybe maybe one local radio here that they one guy mentioned that they could still flop or, or switch. But you know, I I don't I don't even I don't even really watch the ratings. I guess the one thing I usually do care about, which in this instance stinks for Ty Simpson, is I just want to know who Saban's going after. I want to know who when Urban was a coach, who Florida was going after, who. Um, or, or, or Ohio State um, when he was at Ohio State. But, yeah, Dabo at Clemson, Ryan Day now at Ohio State. Like, I mean, if those guys are getting recruited there, okay. So that's why the Ty Simpson kind of stinks. Now, on Ty Simpson, I, I've watched maybe a little bit of his film, but I mainly – I got some good buddies still out in the West Tennessee area and family out there, and so I asked them. And supposedly the – the and I'm not trying to knock the kid, just supposedly the um, – the classification or the division he was playing in wasn't that great, you know, so I don't, I don't know how big of a deal that was. Like I said, I don't know it a ton. We both played high school football in this, in this state. So um, we know a little bit about some of the schools and the classifications, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a huge, I, I guess it's a huge deal for optics and, and, and I'm not going to lie to you as a fan. If I had seen that he committed, I would have been pumped just because give Hypel and give the Hill and, give us fans something to cheer about, but a could change. And with Sam Horn, that could change too. I mean, if Missouri goes out and doesn't have a good year and Hypo lights it up, I mean, it could change in a drop of a hat. We could get somebody better. And last thing or, or two more things is I do actually like the quarterbacks we have on, on, on roster. Um, 
I at least think they're going to be good enough for the first hypo year. Um, and then as a Catholic homer, I, I love Catholic to death. Um, I went there. Um, I will always say that it, it's a, one of the best, if, you know, my favorite high school clearly, but one of the best high schools in East Tennessee, but Cade Martin's not a quarterback. Like, I, I don't know the kid. I, you know, I've just watched as a fan. I've talked to people over there. Um, he's just not a quarterback. Like, you know, straight from my opinion, straight from a fan's opinion, like he, he should go play baseball. So I'm not worried about losing out on him. I, I know he's T. Martin's kid, but I'd rather have the other T. Martin. I would rather have Amari. But and then one of the things that just that I kind of know of from being around Catholic and being around these different kids and being around these people, it was almost all these fans want to say, well, he's T. Martin's kid, whether it's Caden or Amari, he's just going to go to UT. Sometimes people don't want that. Sometimes people don't want to be T. Martin's kid. Yeah. You go, you go, you go to Clemson and you're Amari Rogers. Like, and so even on your last podcast with, with Jimmy Himes, like you said that UT had a, a spit where they stopped recruiting you hard. And you're the you're a huge U Tennessee fan. You live in the shadow of Nalen growing up and like, you know, so maybe they did that with Amari, but uh, I, I just don't think Caden's a loss at all, and I feel bad saying that, but it, it's just I don't think, you know, I don't think he was ever going to play quarterback for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I somewhat agree. I watched a few games where he was at quarterback because he's right there, I mean, uh, at Catholic, and, you know, we always go back and watch sometimes on Friday nights. So, um, you know, I did watch a few of his games and never thought, oh, wow, this is an amazing thrower of the football. You know, he yeah. was athletic. He was able to move. Uh, which is nice, but I didn't ever think this is the best quarterback I've ever seen. So I agree with you in saying it's not a huge loss. And, you know, what you said about they could possibly change their minds. Nowadays, with the way the transfer portal is, it literally it like doesn't matter where, yeah, where you even yeah. sign. Like it doesn't matter where you that. sign because yeah. the, you could leave the next year and it'd be – completely easy you could start right away and uh you know never miss out on anything yeah yeah that's yeah i didn't even think about the transport the the, the portal and what that's going to be and yeah i just i'm just not gonna like i said it's i'm, I'm talking out both sides of my mouth because if ty simpson have committed i would have just been happy just for the free pub just give me all the free pub give me all the give me all the good the good juju we can take but was he ever going to be come here and be, you know, I, I still remember when people were talking about JG was going to come in. He was a four, he was a four star recruit. He's supposed to come in and save the day. And and now like we can't, I mean, we couldn't stand the guy as a quarterback as fans. Like he was one of the most frustrating individuals. And so, you know, then it was Harrison Bailey who's supposed to come in and be the savior, savior. And, you know, I actually liked Harrison Bailey. I thought what I watched from him, I thought he was, I thought he did fine. I really, really did. What I saw and what I watched, I liked it. And but now it's like people want to write him off and bring in, uh, I guess, Caden Salter. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's just the it's the environment we live in. On to the next. Never ending cycle of yes. uh, what's yeah. next. What's next, please. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I. I. I think Harrison Bailey is a good quarterback. I think he still has a chance to be our starter and, and uh, really help us out in the future. And I think it's great. The three quarterbacks that we do have and, you know, Caden uh, Salter and, and Hooker from Virginia Tech, 
it, it just breeds competition. I mean, you want good guys in your room. And, and, and like, it goes back to that video of Nick Saban, his recruiting pitch. He's just like, we have the best guys here. So you're going to compete with the best people in the nation. Why would you want to go somewhere else and compete against schmucks? Right. Right. Well, it, so I actually got a, I got a question for you. So you just, and it, you set me up perfectly because you just mentioned uh, Harrison Bailey, Salter and Hooker from Virginia Tech, but Maurer is still here. I guess people thought he would leave, but the funny thing is, is he was recruited pretty hard to UCF. Um, and when I guess Heupel recruited him and that staff recruited him hard. So, and, and I don't know, I, I need to, I can check facts and all that stuff and check into that. But from the, some of the people I've been talking to, they're like, Hey, you know, and granted they made the point UCF is not playing the same competition as UT. So maybe Heupel's like, Hey, Brian Mauer can crush it in conference USA or American conference, whatever they're in. And now this is a different ball game, but I, I think he's kind of the, forgotten person like he's still here he does bring some juice I, I, I like his fire I I wish you know <laughs> he could tame it a little bit and start but yeah but do you, do you think he's just completely out of the picture or the fact that they recruited him and kind of he almost went there type deal would have an impact I think it would have a huge impact I I didn't even know that he was recruited that hard at UCF um I think it's why he's still here I you know I, I thought for sure he was going to transfer I thought he, you know, saw some writing on the wall with with uh, Salter coming in and, and then Hooker transferring, and thought, you know, I don't have a shot. But if Heupel loved him, you know, two years ago and was recruiting the crap out of him, he he thinks he has a shot, and I I would think so too. I mean, if if uh, you know Heupel saw him as such a great quarterback, he he probably likes him more than the other guys. It, yeah, he could potentially be be his guy, you know, type type deal. He could be his guy because he recruited. And I, and I need to look into that more and check into that more. Um, you know, I'm I'm almost positive he was pretty hard recruited. I don't know if he was like their number one or whatever the case may be. But yeah, and, and you know what? Like I respect Maurer for a lot of different reasons. Um, like I said, I think we all love how fiery he is and how competitive he is. Um, stuff like that, and yet that that can take you so far. But we all want to win games, so if you're turning the ball over or doing this or that, not getting it done. But I, I just think he's the forgotten guy, and and Heifel might say, you know, I know this kid, I recruited him, and you know, see, what, like you said, four people, three people, let's let's get the competition going and see what happens. Yeah, so. I mean, I I think a lot of coaches, you know, if they are a good coach, if they understand what they're talking about, think that hey, I can help this kid become a better player. Even if he did have those turnovers and dumb decisions and, you know, there were things that he was struggling with and, and uh, you know, maybe some overthrows or underthrows yes. or yeah. things like that. But, you know, Hypel probably thinks I, I can coach him up. I can make him a better player. I can make it to where he can really help us on the field. And, I, you know, I think he probably has – the best mix of throwing and running ability of all of the quarterbacks. When you really think of it, I think Salter does have that, but he's, he's very young. Uh, Harrison's not quite as mobile as, as Maurer is. And then Hooker doesn't have quite an arm that Maurer does. He's very mobile, but I, 
you know, when you really look at it, Brian might have the best package for the up-tempo, the high-powered offense that Heifel wants to run. Yeah, and – yeah, and the thing about – I never listen to these press conferences when coaches start. Um, we, You and I both know it's a bunch of coach speak. It's a bunch of this, that, and the other. But I did listen. I was at the office, and I did sit down and listen. And I told you this when we were talking on the phone. Um, and the one thing that I did like that he said is we're going to – adapt our players and a lot of times coaches scare me when they want players to adapt to their system it's like that guy probably wasn't recruited for that when you you know he was here before you came in and I know they want to get their guys and stuff like that but um it just that that's one thing that Heifel said that I really liked so I'm I'm hoping and if you do look at UCF they did have uh, I, I forget his name. Uh, he was a stud, the one that got really, really badly injured. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, maybe, was his name. He was a quarterback, and I think he was a little bit more mobile than the other kid that they brought in. I think he was from Hawaii. I think he's a little bit more of a passer. And so UCF did change what they did. And, um, and, and yeah, I, I do think Harrison Bailey's sneaky, a little bit more sneaky athletic or, or, or mobile than people say. But, yeah, I mean – Brian Mauer has some juice, and and I'll, let me. I'll say this: if we're sitting here and it's late August, early September, and Caden Salter's our starter, I would be stoked. And that's because he came in and he's a stud, you know. Because it's we both know coming in as a true freshman how tough it is to to compete and play at that level. So if that kid comes in and he's a starter, I he might have an up and down freshman year, but it would be great things to say that this kid's good enough to get the, the starting job, you know, so. Yeah. And, and what I've seen on social media and what I've seen from him is he is very committed to being all vol. Like he is on the train. He's on the hype train. He's in the hype house. Like he is all about being a Tennessee volunteer and it, it's good to see because, you know, he's going to recruit recruiter with Pruitt and then Heifel comes in and he, he doesn't change he still wants to be at Tennessee he wants to be a part of this team he wants to bring us back to where we should be and you know that says a lot about his character a lot about who he is and I you know that's what I like to see out of the players I want them to care about Tennessee football not care about well how many balls am I getting thrown to me or how many snaps am I getting or you know how can I make more money? Like, yeah, I, I want you to care about the team too, man. Like I understand, you know, NCAA rules are coming out and, you know, guys are going to be able to get some money here and there and get paid differently. And, but at, at the end of the day, I want you to care about the university, care about Tennessee, care about going out there and performing for the guys you're, you're playing next to. Yeah, and <laughs> first off, as fans, we love that. We we love that. Like, JG got a lot more leeway, at least in my opinion, and some of my friends, because his first couple of years, he was, I mean, he was getting drilled. He was standing in the pocket. He was taking hits. And so I love that Brian Maurer it hasn't transferred. He didn't take the easy way out, and he still may do it. And, and I'm not saying it is the easy way out because – you got to take advantage of your four or five years. Go play. Go have fun. If you want to try to chase the NFL dream, go chase that NFL dream. 
Um, so, but I, I do commend him for staying here, seeing if he's going to try to fight for that job, see if he can win it. Um, but yeah, fans, you get more leeway with the fans. And so I think that's why fans are going to love Caden Salter because he is all ball. He's like, I'm coming. I, I don't care who's there. You always talk about it. Pick a school. Don't pick a coach. Um, so, hey, we love him now. Now he's just got to win some games. If he throws a couple picks, I might be pissed, you know. Yeah, yeah, let, he throws let him, a couple sixes, he's out. Yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah. Know, we don't yeah. want you anymore, bud. You can transfer if you want. Yeah, let him throw a couple picks and lose the game. I'll be driving down there the hill ready to, ready to find him. I'm joking. I'm joking, people. <laughs> no one, no one attack Reed because uh, he's uh, threatening our quarterbacks. Please, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, so real quick, we didn't we didn't talk about this um, before the show or whatever, but and I actually I don't know much about it, but I did hear on the on the radio that I guess the NCA is looking at doing some of that stuff where these kids are going to be able to get paid some, some sort of way, whether it's, uh, you know, autographs or, or doing some sort of uh, advertising, stuff like that. So where would Kyler Curbs, and I didn't prep you at all for this. I, I just thought about it. So where would Kyler Curbson while he was at UT, where would you have, where do you think you could have made some, made some money? Uh, where, where do you think your opportunities would have been in Knoxville? Wow. Um, Honestly, I don't know. I was an offensive lineman, so a lot of people don't even want to hear from the offensive <laughs> lineman. They'd rather have Dobbs or Alvin right. or Jalen Hurd or, you know, Derek Barnett. I mean, there was a lot of big-name guys when I was there. Um, who knows? Uh, you know, maybe like a plumbing company who was all about dependability. <laughs> <laughs> like that whatever whatever company that their slogan was uh being protective or uh, yeah. there you go. stuff like that like maybe like uh like a home security system there you go um <laughs> maybe uh i would i would probably try and reach out to just people i know um, yes yeah from around and that own businesses uh and see if they would want some i mean you know, my, my family, my, on my mom's side has owns Fox Toyota, uh, in Clinton. And uh, right. well, that's okay. So that's a shoe in. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, I probably, we'll, you know, I probably would have reached out to them see if there was, you know, an ad or anything that I could do for them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would have gotten as, as, as much money as, you know, say a Trevor Lawrence well, or, uh, or Mac Jones or, you know, a big time quarterback, a Heisman winner, uh, quarterback or, a, you know, Heisman winner, wide receiver like Devonte smith but geez um it's so you it's it's funny uh i guess as kyler mentioned earlier uh i, I had a very 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 non-impressive short college career um i basically said i wanted to play college football i made it there and i said all right i'm, I'm good i made it <laughs> check <laughs> but got it but, off the list What's it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I say that to say I've always been against people, get, college athletes getting paid. And I always would argue they do get paid. They get a stipend check. And I remember I had arguments with you. I had arguments with one of our other good buddies, Tyler, who played college football, who was getting eight or nine hundred bucks a month. And, and, and I would argue with you guys that I saw boys in Memphis 
that were getting scholarship checks and, and, and true stuff. I'm talking in the locker room. They're talking about buying the new 2K. They're going to go get tattoos. They got new Jordans, whatever. Um, and then they want to complain about not being able to have money. And so that's as from, from my point of view, when I saw that, that kind of made me mad because I was like, you can't have it both ways. Now I'm all for people getting what they can get. So I'm fine with it. Like, so a, I wanted to always argue that they do get paid if they want to get more, absolutely get more of the revenue share. But I also told people like you were just saying, like, we're not dumb. Like, you know, it's for your teams. Yeah. Dobbs, Barnett, Hurt, and, and, and Alvin, AK, we're always going to be the ones like, you know, no offense, but like, I, I'm trying to think of like a, a, a starter on your team that was, that was decent, but who was the top, like maybe Ethan Wolf, who was like a tight end then. Josh like, Smith. yeah, sure. Sure. And Josh Smith, even a local kid. So you never know what, what he would have had. And he was a, a, a somewhat of a fan favorite, I would say. But um, yeah, when you get into these recruits, you get into these big time schools, like, yeah, Alabama, yeah, Tennessee, yeah, Texas, yeah, all these big, big schools make a ton of money. But it's also the, you know, it's also the Tim Tebow's, the Mark Ingram's, the Vince Young's, the, it's, it, there's one or two guys that are really bringing in the revenue. So that's why I was always kind of annoyed by it and, and bothered by it because A, they were getting paid and B, it was only a few guys or just the brand, like it, the brand Tennessee itself, the brand Texas itself, the brand USC, all these, they, they make the money themselves. Like, you know what I mean? So sometimes it's not players. Um, but you made a huge point just then that I didn't think about that. You said you would reach out to players. It's, I never thought about that. And, and, and I guess I always thought that it would be car dealerships or people reaching out to, to certain players, but that's fascinating. Like, legitimately, that's fascinating you said that because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm almost, like, surprised I didn't think about that or what the rules are going to be about that because um, why wouldn't players want to reach out to places? I mean, yeah. everybody wants money. So, I think, I think that's why this setup is better than other ways of paying players. It's outside of the university. It's outside of – the boosters is outside of the NCAA. It is on your own. You can use the fact that you are a good football player to make money for yourself. Just in the same way that a kid who has an academic scholarship for writing at a school can write a book, publish it, and gain money from it while he's in college, she's in college. That is their skill. That is what they are good at. That is the thing that is going to further them in their career and they can make money off of it. That is the way it should be done for the players is I have this skill, but I'm locked in. I cannot make any more money off of what I do, the work that I put in my biggest skill, which that is the part that is unfair, but Tennessee can make more money off of me, off of everything that I do. They can put a picture of me on a poster and sell it. They can put my number on a jersey and sell it and make money off of me, but I can't make money off of me. That is what it comes down to. Um, I don't think it was ever, hey, I need more money from the university. I need more money from 
the school um, because honestly, football programs pay for every other program at a school. It's how it's broken down. Every football program brings in the most money out of every other sport and they pay for every other sport to keep running. That that's a lot of the ways it works. Now there's obviously boosters that, you know, either love that sport, that specific sport, say a soccer or a softball, baseball, whatever, or, you know, have a connection to that and want to help sponsor it and help bring in money for it. But and it comes down to it, those programs are run based off of the football program. We're lucky enough at UT to have a great women's basketball and pretty good men's basketball. It's where they can kind of take care of themselves and they don't need the football program. But football put, pays for both soccer teams. They pay for tennis. They pay for softball. They pay for baseball. So that's something where it's like, oh, we bring in millions and millions of dollars a year. Well, it, it's not just paying for the football program. It's paying for other stuff, too. That was, yeah, that, and that was one of my, the things that uh, I always talked about too, is I'd get fired up listening to these people talking about paying these college athletes. And like I said, they do get paid. They do get a scholarship check. They, they do get uh, an education and stuff like that. Now I get where you're coming from saying, if they put my number on a Jersey, they get money off that. And I should be able to get money off that too. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I said, I'm always going to be fine with people making the most they can, but, and I get it. There's a lot of slippery slopes in life, but it's such a slippery slope when it's like, well, the football team's going to get paid. So do we have to pay, you know, women's soccer or do we have to pay the track team or whatever? And this is where I get into it. It should be people who make money should, should be able to, the ones to profit. Or, or let me say that that didn't sound right. Like if, if you got a guy or a girl on the on the cross country team or the track team, and like you said, their dad or their mom owns something or their family owns something, and they want to get brought in, fine, bring them in, pay them some money, let them do something. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much advertising they're going to get from it or how many people are actually going to show up. That, but that's besides the point. But I just don't want it to be where people feel like I deserve something just because I'm a college athlete. That's not in, in the world. Like, that's not how it is. Just because you do something, just because you're a part of a team necessarily or a part of uh, something, in my opinion, you shouldn't just, you, you shouldn't get what the other people who bring in stuff actually get. I understand it, that, I, not, which is yeah, why not, I don't not, think it should be from the university. I don't think it should be from that. I think it should be from outside sources. So if like yeah. you're a player on whatever team you want to be, like literally whatever, and you want to be an influencer and you want to be a YouTube star, something like that, you You can do that and make money and be, uh, Hey, you're an entrepreneur. You started your own business. You can do all that stuff right now in the NCAA. You can't do any of that. You cannot make any kind of money at all doing anything else. You have to get signed off to be able to work a job that like that, it has to check out that you are not getting that because you're an athlete. You're not getting that job because you're an athlete. You're getting the job because you're right for the position. Like you have to go through things with the NCAA, go through steps and and turn in paperwork so that you can get a job, a part-time job, any kind of job, any kind of thing that would bring in money. So that is where it's, it's, it's messed up. I, I, I don't think the university should pay athletes. 
I don't well, think they yeah. should get more money from boosters. I don't think they should get more money from anything else. But if they put in some work and and start, you know, what's the right word for it? I, I mean, just hustling and, and trying to get more money in for themselves and, and you know, doing podcasts or making a YouTube channel or, you know, going to signing days, things where they like sign autographs for people and, you know, pay five bucks to get in. That's just all them organizing something so they can make money. So sorry to interrupt, but got to shout out our newest sponsor. That is eBay. So um, whether you're looking for rare dead stock or the latest releases, the exact shoe you're looking for is on eBay. Um, it's the original sneaker marketplace. So it's it, it's the place to go if you're looking for sneakers. It, it, you have to. Um, you know, eBay's got an authenticity guarantee uh, for your sneakers and it's meticulously inspected by um, professional authenticators. They give you, you know, verify the box. They verify the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Uh, each sneaker you receive has an authenticity guarantee tag. Uh, which includes digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers um, with a verified return process. So, if you are selling shoes, if you you know you got your got your hustle going on, you're selling those shoes. Um, eBay has eliminated selling fees of sneakers $100 or more, uh, making it free to sell or flip your collection, which is amazing. So, head on over to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Yeah, and that's what I didn't think of. And that, and that's a good point on yours. I'll have a rebuttal at some point, I'm assuming. But 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 uh but no you're right you're right. I guess it's because when I was just out of college or in college and I had just come fresh off playing or I'm hearing all this stuff and that's what we used to make me mad, but, but you're right. Like it should not be a school thing. So, Hey, we both know you got some smoke show on the track team. And if she puts some stuff out there and gets, you know, a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and become an influencer, like good, good for her. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm fine with that. Like, and so, yeah, I, I, I get your point now. And I, for me, it was always about the school, I guess, divvying out the money. Cause I'm like, like you said, the football team pays for everything anyways. Some of these high-level men's college basketball, they pay for everything. So, like, it's not fair for them to make all the money and then sit here and have to divvy it all out even more than they do is what I'm saying. I'm fine with them doing it some. I just don't want them, you know, it just doesn't seem fair that they're doing it even more. Um, but I, I can't imagine I, – I, just sitting here thinking about it, and I know I'll think about it when we're off here, but, like, the the crazy nonsense that it's going to be like and I don't know if it's going to be for recruiting that they're going to have to do something that you can't these people can't make money until they're probably on a campus or something because if not all the same big schools are going to throw a ton of money at the big time recruits that is you know just money they're making on their own quote unquote um, yeah, but it's, I think it's, it's, I, it's, it's going to get annoying too. Like people are fed up with Baker Mayfield being on every commercial. Imagine watching a national championship game with Alabama and Clemson and they freaking throw on Trevor Lawrence on a commercial, Mac Jones hey, you know, on a commercial, Devontae Smith's on a commercial. You're just like seeing the players on commercials as you're watching the game. I mean, you, you know, local broadcast of a Tennessee game, you see 
Salter on there. You see, you know, every every running back we have, you see all offensive line, like every local commercial has a player on it. Like that's going to be annoying too. It is going to be annoying, but I can promise you this. I'd rather see that than be watching national championship game and Alabama and Clemson are playing for the nine millionth time. And I got to see a kid that they're trying to recruit. Like I don't need to hear. Yeah. From, I don't need to hear from some 16, 17 year old from California who thinks he's a stud because he's hasn't done anything on the college level yet, but he's, you know, Hey, you rocked in high school. Sweet. <laughs> you want to check tape, but, uh, but, but yeah, so that, but I don't know. And I think the social media and I didn't think about that once again, until you brought that up, but that's where this whole thing is just going to, that's where this whole thing could potentially just, just blow up. So I, I don't know. It'll be fascinating to let a lot, a lot more, uh, intelligent people that have been doing a lot longer than I have to come up with something. And then when they do, I'll tell them they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we do here on this podcast. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I I think the main point of it is the controllingness of the NCAA, just how much control they have over the, the players and their likenesses and, and everything that goes into it. And I mean, you can't, you can't get gifts from people that you met, like literally a birthday gift from someone you met after you became a player. Like that is illegal in the bylaws of the NCAA. You cannot get a ride from someone that you met in class or anything like that, because if they're giving you that ride because you are a player, it is a benefit that another student would be, wouldn't be getting. That is in the rules, like bylaws for NCAA. That is the dumbest thing I've ever it's heard. It's so stupid. And it's stuff, so stupid. Stuff like that is the things where it's like, bro, chill out. Like you, honestly, NCAA, chill out. But but and, they, they, and but give let's these be but, some hey, freedom. But let's be honest, the NCAA is not calling people's hands on that crap. Like they're not. And I, I get it. It's like almost a formality. Like get it out of your books. Like you said, chill out. It's over and done with. But like they're not calling people's hands on that. Because if they did, like, I mean, I would, well, for you definitely got improper benefits because I was coming and picking you up. So, see, that's different because we played together. We knew each other in high school. Okay. okay. So, it's different. Now, if I met you freshman year of college. Yeah. And I was jock sniffing. And you were jock, you were jock sniffing and you, you know, you were cleat chasing. You wanted to be a part of, uh, a part of the, Big a part of the crew. Big over here. <laughs> um it, yeah i when i was in memphis uh i went out to my aunt and uncle live in memphis so when i was in memphis i was joking one time we were out to dinner and like my uncle you know paid for the mail and i was like ooh, NCAA violation <laughs> and i'm like i bet they really care about a, a freaking walk-on <laughs> when we were one in 11 the worst team ever it obviously was a joke i i didn't actually think that it was an NCAA violation but yeah it's just funny to look back on that stuff and um but yeah so it'll be interesting to see where it goes and and people like you and people like you and even you know no offense you're the best player i i know so but the people that were like studs and all their or i won't even say studs you are a stud i'm saying the people the quarterbacks the running backs the receivers of all these big time schools you know they're gonna be looking back like my gosh, I would have absolutely raked it in. And 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 honestly, I feel bad for those guys because there's going to be some of them that were, were absolute dogs in college that would have made a good amount of money 
and they, they didn't make it in the NFL, whether it was injury or their game didn't translate. But that crap happens all the time. I mean, yeah. it, it really does. I mean, some so. of the most exciting players over the past, you know, decade or two decades didn't make it in the NFL. I mean, the Johnny Menzels, the, the Tim Tebow's, the Vince Young's. I mean, Reggie Bush really wasn't in the NFL that long. Like, all, all of those guys were the most exciting college athletes of, you know, the years that they played. And, you know, the NFL wasn't their full-time job for a long time. They, they you know, maybe five years. I don't know how long, long Reggie Bush is there, but, I mean, he's was was seen as, like, Reggie, kind of a bust, though. Yeah, I was going to say Reggie Bush might have been the – I mean, honestly, all of those guys still did well because they were either first-rounders and they made it long enough. I'm talking about money-wise. Yeah, Reggie Bush, some might – I mean, I still think he was – he was a good player, and he was there long enough to make some good coin. And I, I was even thinking more about the. Um, I'm thinking even more about. Uh, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll think of. I'll think of. Well, I mean, I'll think of somebody. But I, I mean, even those guys were got drafted and were there a long time. Um, let me think of a guy here at UT. Um, uh, that, that um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of somebody who was who was like a fan favorite. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some fan favorites that I had maybe when I was when I was growing up when I was younger. So like, what about a uh, Jabari Greer? Like swagged out, dog at safety. You know, I loved him rocking the visors and all that. Like, I'm almost positive Jabari Greer didn't. I don't even think he got drafted. I, I think. You know what I mean? Like he could have, I'm not saying he would have made a ton, but he could have made some or, um, you know, um, Demetrius Morley, you know, who was there, who was a safety, um, of all the linebackers that we've had from time to time. Um, Jansen you know, Jackson. Jim, who? Jansen Jackson. Yeah. It's funny. I was actually talking about Jansen Jackson last night, randomly, uh, telling a story, but Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, he could have definitely made some, some, some coin. And, um, but there's just so many of those guys that are kind of like the quote unquote hometown hero type deals for UT that are, you know, that we, we like and stuff. But somebody in West Virginia, they, you know, they don't, they don't know the player. They didn't, they, someone didn't go to the NFL or whatever. And, and I wish I could have thought more on the top of my head, uh, because I know I have some better examples of it, but, I'm talking about the guys that maybe could have made a couple grand over a time period at UT and, you know, anybody can, you know, so, uh, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, But uh, you know, to reiterate what we said in the very beginning, there are a lot of times where I, you know, I remember stories and I, I don't share them on the podcast because I just, they never come into my head and, Reed helps me remember them. So we're going to try a new segment out uh, and, and try and do it each week uh, called Big Orange Juice. So the juicy stories that, uh, you know, I have seen or heard uh, about UT, maybe, you know, NFL or anything like that. And then also Reed might have some, uh, you know, throughout his life, maybe over at Memphis uh, or even in high school or younger days. So, um, with the big orange juice, I'm going to start with a good one. Uh, when, you know, I was in college, this is between, um, there was a lot of fights in college. Let's just say that, uh, 
I think it happens still today. I think it happens all the time. And I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's part of football. Uh, when I was there, probably my either redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore year, I think redshirt freshman, um, we had a fight between a defensive lineman and a wide receiver. The defensive lineman uh, still plays football, plays in the NFL right now, and uh, is a very good player. And uh, the wide receiver named ride, rhymed with Schmerschmick Schmodgers. So um, whoever that might be. Uh, <laughs> so what happened is we're coming home from summer break. We have a week off in the middle of summer. Uh, and we come back and start getting back into workouts. The wide receiver decided to go to the beach after that week. So he was technically gone for two weeks, posting about it on social media uh, while, you know, we're working our butts off back at the university, you know, in the weight room every day. And he's on the beach enjoying himself and doing whatever he wants to do. And uh, he comes back afterwards, first day back on a Monday. And, you know, our strength coach said, look, I'm not going to say anything to him, but I think you guys should. I think someone should. And the senior defensive lineman was the one to do it. Uh, walked up to him. We were kind of all standing. Literally everyone was there. We were all standing around. And uh, just very casually was in his face. He started holding his hands in a prayer symbol. And if you've ever seen a fight, if someone starts holding their hands like this, you better duck because they're about to swing on you. Uh, he starts holding his hands like this saying, um, I need you to apologize. You need to say sorry. I swear I will knock you out right now. I swear I will knock you out right now. You, like, this is not a joke. You cannot be doing this. And the wide receiver at the time was coming back at him saying, I, I don't give a crap what you say. I, I, I'll do whatever the hell I want. And he was like, I will smack the hell out of you if you do not apologize right now. He's like, I don't give a sh what you say. And reared back and the loudest smack we were the indoor facility the loudest smack you've ever heard echoed throughout the whole thing he slapped him straight across the face and that's almost more disrespectful than punching someone is smacking a man in the face that in turn caused a brawl uh, people jumping in on it because we were all surrounding this altercation people jumping in on it uh, throwing punches, trying to pull people off. Uh, very exciting. And I think this was about a month and a half into me being a part of a college football program. So a uh, very fun way to realize what college football is all about and uh, the kind of stuff that might happen in a locker room or with a team. So listeners, this, <laughs> this is the stuff that I – I would get on phone calls. This is the good stuff that you guys didn't get to hear. And it would make me mad because I'm like, Kyler, you should have said that on the podcast. Like, even if one or two people hear the story, like it's one or two people that are going to enjoy the heck out of this. Um, so I, I, okay. First off, I, I know who the people are. Um, 
both of them, and, and everyone knows the, the receiver that you just mentioned is a big boy. So, like, he, he's not – and I was going to interrupt you, but I, I didn't want to. But, like, he, he's not a small wide receiver. He's a big boy. So, first off, I got a million questions. All right. So, you guys <laughs> – do first off, Dooley was the coach, right? Yes, Dooley was a coach and, at this time. Okay. The receiver was a freshman? Uh, or, or, no, he was – No, because I was a freshman. So, he had been there a year or two. Okay. Now, you guys had two – it was a two-week dead period, right? One week. Okay, so one week, and he straight up, from what you know, didn't talk to coaches, didn't anything. Y'all went out, everybody was gone a week, come back, and everyone's like, hey, where's where where is he? Where's yep. where's 2-1? Like, w- w- why is he not here? And then the only reason you guys know that he's on a beach somewhere is because on social media. Yes, exactly. He posts about it on social media, like picture of him and a girl on the beach. Okay. And then, so who was the, uh, was it Coach Lawson at the time? No, it was uh, Coach McKeefrey okay. was our strength so he, conditioning coach. And, okay. and he did not like this wide receiver at all because. Which I can understand why. Yeah. Uh, he was very against anything that he did not believe helped him in football. So if he did not believe the weight room was really doing anything for him in football, he didn't care for it. He didn't want to do it. Now he busted his ass in practice, this wide receiver. He would kill it in practice, always gave his best effort, always gave his best effort in games. But in the weight room, he just didn't see it as important. He didn't see like eating the right way as important. He didn't see school as important towards his football. So yeah. He didn't care, didn't try. And that's so it, that's so tough because I was about to blast him, which he doesn't care that I'm blasting him. It doesn't matter. Uh, but as a player and as a fan, I look at the coach and be like, you got to do something about this. And I get it. Dooley's like, he's one of our best players. We got to – we need him to win. Uh, I've told you many times before, like, it's easier said than done. But, like, I'd rather win with a bunch of – well, I guess keyword there, win. I'd rather compete with a bunch of tryhards um, and a bunch of just dogs that, that want to – I've just – we've all been on teams. And I don't care, the listeners, what teams you've been on, whether it's middle school, high school, college, pro, whatever, like, a team's a team. That's how you really are going to win games. And so that just pisses me off. Like I said, I do respect that at least he practiced hard. At least he practiced hard. At least he wasn't out there dogging ass in the practice field. Well, you say, uh, you say, you know, you keep him on the team because he helps you win and and you can't really do much about it. The following year we signed Cordero Patterson. Right. In the recruiting class and two weeks into training camp, two weeks of him practicing and seeing what he could do on the practice field, this wide receiver we're talking about was released from the team. Right. And, and I so get as that. soon as I, there was an opportunity to release him, there was an opportunity to say, oh, we have someone who's just as good and it doesn't come with all this baggage. We'll see you. You can leave. Yeah. But my argument to that is, so here, I guess here's for the listeners, this is going to be our first, like on the phone argument that we would have, but like for me, like it, the damage has been done. Like people know Dooley's, uh, uh, you know, Dooley's uh, 
you can walk all over Dooley. We've all heard the stories. Uh, you've told me some about stuff at practice and how he was. And I think even him at practice with this same wide receiver, but it's like the, uh, as a, as a player, you've seen that you're a freshman, you're a four-star recruit coming in, you know, you're a pretty big time recruit and you're seeing this. So, you know, Dooley's got no backbone or that he's going to let this, that certain people can walk all over him. And like, we know to a certain extent that can happen, but it, it shouldn't. And so like, and I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the stuff that I know about CP or I, when I was in college at that time, like he was somewhat of the same way. I think uh, if I'm not speaking out of turn here, like CP wasn't showing up to class and he wasn't doing that stuff. So he was basically like, you know, the other wide receiver. Um, but, but, but anyways, like back, back to the story on hand. So the only coach that ever said to you guys that you all should say something was the strength coach, right? No other coaches. Well, at that time, no other coaches are really there. Uh, that's right. That's, you're right. That's something summer. that people don't really understand is that like there's a huge time block in the spring. Like if you're not having spring practice, coaches are gone. They're recruiting in the summer. If you're not having practice, coaches are gone. They're recruiting. So yeah, no one was really there. Your strength coach is a coach you probably get the closest with on a college football team. And he was the only one there. He was the one to say, Hey, Something, something should happen. Uh, well, I don't know what it is, I agree. But something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm happy that he said that. Dooley still had to know. Some of these other coaches still had to know, even if they were out recruiting or whatever. And you know, it has to be handled somewhat. So, anyways, but but back to the back to the story. So, is everyone like straight up standing around? So, like in a circle, like a fight's about to happen. Like, so everyone kind of knows what's about to go down. Yeah, like the when I say. Coach McKeefrey was like, hey, something should happen. It was literally he brought us all up and said, this is what happened. I cannot do anything. I will be out of it, but I think something should happen and walked away. And and so he brought everyone up. Yeah, so he brought everyone up and literally said that in front of all of us. Even the wide receiver. Even the wide receiver. Okay, and, so walk, first and, walked, thought, and then walked away. Okay, because I thought when you first told the story that this was like the week you guys are busting butt, it's like, hey, when he gets back, someone needs to say something to him. No. So I love I loved that the receiver was staying there because he knew probably who it was. But um, wow. So was were people like yelling? Were they like stuff? Was anybody taking the wide receiver side at all? Was like other wide receivers were that you know, play with him for a while and, and like him as a person and, and hung out with them. They, they were boys. You know, they, they they were trying to take the wide receiver side and jump in on the fight on his side. Um, but most – They weren't defending him for what he did, though, right? Because, I mean – No, no, I, no, I don't – it was never a defense for what he did. It was never, oh, he's fine doing that. It was, hey, that's my boy. I'm not going to let you jump him or, I, like, I'm not going to let you fight him. Like, I'm going to be in on it. Uh, okay. But, uh, I mean, most most people on the team were like, yeah. Like, thank yeah. you for smacking the shit out of him because yeah. it honestly is very annoying that I, I'm, like, thrown up in the corner doing this workout and yeah. he just walks around, doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So when the smack happens, does uh, Smick Scrodgers 
<laughs> does he does he uh does he does he just start throwing fists too like yes did, did, who got yes. the better of the fight or what happened who, uh, like i said these are big boys so no one necessarily got the better of the fight um it was pandemonium once the smack happened i think because of the smack it can be seen as the defensive lineman got the better of it sure. uh because there wasn't many like landed punches after that um, because, you know, three or four guys were trying to fight also. And then all the other ones were trying to pull, pull it off. apart, yeah. pull it yeah. apart, not fight. Let's, you know, go our separate ways kind of stuff. So uh, it didn't necessarily lead to huge black guys or anything like that, but it was, Hey, this guy is willing to smack the crap out of you if you step out of line, which is a lot of times what teams need. Uh, almost an enforcer on the team to be like, I'm going to hold you accountable to whatever happens. Um, yeah. And I do believe that a lot of teams don't have that right now in college, at least. Agreed. Um, how did it, real quick, how, how did it go after? Uh, like, did they ever make up? Did it leave a division in the team? How did it go after? Uh, I don't think they ever made up personally. Yeah. I think, you know, they still didn't like each other. Um, Derek did not work out that day. He uh, <laughs> he left. He went back to the locker room, um, yeah. which is fine, whatever. And uh, – I think that, you know, there was probably some arguing and stuff like that for a couple of days, but then it died down and it was yeah fine. And that was yeah. the thing too, is no one really had a problem with the defensive lineman doing it. Yeah. It, it, was, this, seen, it yeah. was seen as just. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, it kind of reminds me of a, this was not what I was going to tell for my big orange juice story, but real quick. And I, I might tell the full details later, but, uh, when I was in college, I was working at a gym. Um, there was a son of a big time defensive coordinator here. So one of the sons, I met the son of, um, the defensive coordinator that was here for a long time during the national championship years, during all that. And I actually became friends with him. And obviously I loved hearing stories, uh, about the national championship team and all those guys that were there, you know, that, one of my favorite players of all time is Al Wilson. Um, and so I would always ask him about Al and some of that different stuff. And I, I remember him telling me the story and I think it's well known or I'm positive. It's well known um, that I guess it was the Florida game one year, or whatever. And Peyton's a big deal. I mean, Peyton is the deal and he's throwing a couple interceptions and Al walks over to him. And he's like, if you throw another effing interception, I'm going to beat your ass. Like, and, and, and like, and of course, like, of course I hear that story back in college and I'm like, Oh my God, incredible. Like I'm mesmerized. Um, but the thing is, is like Al Wilson could do that because nobody's messing with Al Wilson. Um, but it was also a different, like you said, back in that day, it was probably a different environment. Now I don't think people are wired certain ways. And in a way I kind of give Peyton Manning kudos. Um, whether he did it because he was scared and didn't want to get his ass beat or because he knew that he was 
that Al was right and that he was the younger guy and that he needed to listen to the leaders of the team. But I always thought that was cool. I'll tell the the full uh, story at some point. Like I said, everyone knows that, but it just reminded me of when you were talking about that happening. I mean, you yeah. just have to have that. And and honestly, a lot of people, it's not ever going to work well because the other, nowadays the other person's just not going to be like he's a leader. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know. I, I I love that story. I've never heard that before. Um, and definitely makes me f- f- more of a fan, even more of a fan of Al Wilson. Uh, yeah. The fact that you said that. And I wonder if Peyton threw another interception or if he was just like lights out the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. No, it was when the funny thing is, it was when Peyton was younger. And it might, I don't know if it was the Florida game. Or it might have been the SEC championship game. I'll, I'll, I need to reach out to that guy and ask him again. I forget what it was, but I just remember Al was like, hey, bro, like, be a game manager, and I'm a, we'll, what, the defense is going to win this game for you. I'll, I'll look into it and, and tell you and figure out what it was. But it was it was awesome when he told me that. And, of course, me being like, oh, my gosh, he said that to Peyton. And you got to think of the dynamic on that team. Like, Peyton was still young. Like he was probably a freshman or sophomore. Like, Al Wilson was that dude. So, um, but anyways, I really do wish I would have known this story when I was in college because I got a chance to meet Peyton a few times and been able to ask him if it was, if he actually said it, man, I, I, I don't know if I will ever see Peyton Manning ever again. Um, but if I ever run into him again, some kind of VFL function or, or at a game, on the sidelines or something like that, I'm definitely going to ask him about it. Incredible. It would for, be for sure because he is such a cool laid back guy. Like the first time yeah. I met him, he was like, Hey, you guys are offensive linemen. I was with another uh, offensive lineman. He, we were like, yeah. He's like, do you drink beer? I'm like, yeah. He's like, good. I don't trust my offensive lineman who doesn't drink beer. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, I guess I'm good like- in Peyton's book. That's almost like a dad joke. You know, he comes back to throw every year and he like wants all the, it's like, bro, you don't have to be funny. Like they're going to love you. You're Peyton Manning at UT, but like he comes in, gives an old dad joke and starts slinging around, you know? Yeah. 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 Like I, I, I'm snapping a ball to you and I'm freaking trembling over here because I'm snapping to a hall of fame quarterback and I'm trying not to break your damn fingers. Like <laughs> you're already on the good side. Like you don't have to worry about being a jokester. Talk about breaking his fingers. He was still playing all those times. He would come back and throw with you guys. So I yeah, mean, well, that story of when he was talking about the beer thing—that was the off season. He had the neck issues, and oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so it was like didn't know if he was going to play. That yeah. like when he came back and was like working out in our our weight room, like was on the fence. Like people didn't know what he was going to do at that point. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you don't ask him about it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're going to give me the inside scoop here, Peyton? Uh, where are you going? One of the Titans? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he came back. Uh, <laughs> it's another funny story. He came back to Tennessee uh, when he was with the Broncos and, you know, was doing routes with the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. And uh, some of us offensive linemen go over there. Now, only a few of us know how to snap, right? So we're over there snapping to him and the other quarterbacks. And uh, there's a freshman center on our team uh, that let's just say isn't that great um, yeah. of a player. And uh, Hawk, uh, Alan Sitzler, who's equipment manager, has been there 
way before Peyton, so forever, yeah. good friends with Peyton, was like, hey, don't don't take a snap from this guy. Like, just just take it from the other guys. Not him, though. Like, I don't want you to break a finger. Over <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like, dude's just waiting for an opportunity to, to snap to Peyton Manning, a Hall of Famer. And, like, dude, that, that was going to make Peyton's that like, Peyton's, like, coming up and, like, Oh yeah, I'll I'll, so I'll he wait, didn't I'll wait for it. the next center. He really waited for the next center. Yes, he yes. would not take a snap from this this freshman offensive lineman, which in hindsight was a, probably a good idea. I saw that guy uh, literally in practice take a knee. He was at center, had his hand on the ball, and took a knee and turned around to look at the quarterback. And <laughs> we joked and we're like. I think we just lost a down there. You literally took a knee on the play as a center. Like I think we lost a down. <laughs> like you would have lost a down in, like in a game. So, dude, that that poor that poor kid. He that was like gonna be his like shining moment. He could tell all of his buddies, and now he doesn't even get that. It would be a better story for him if we if you told him he's like, hey man, you actually didn't get the snap because we were worried you're gonna hurt Peyton. Yeah, so. I know. Uh, yeah, he missed out on a grand opportunity. I mean, I I am lucky enough to say that I've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks put the back of their hands on my gooch. So yeah, they, they you know, yeah. I feel pretty special about that. You had the two goats, and we'll we'll get into this some other time. Touch your touch your butt. So, <laughs> so, so Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and me—all the ones that have touched. touched <laughs> your yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, don't forget, you know, uh, Jameis Winston uh, for a time period. Uh, Mike Glennon, uh, some other nice. Hall, of Fame, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> big big neck Glennon. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, nice. Uh, who's uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Hey, there you go, so, pretty boy, pretty boy Jimmy. Yeah, I've had, I've had, you know, the Nate Petermans of the world. I've had a pretty uh, few of them. Yeah, you get around down there, I guess. <laughs> no kidding. As a center, you really do get around more than you think. More than you think. Um, all right, I, I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna tell mine quick because I, I mean, we could sit here and talk all day. And this, I know, this will probably be my longest podcast. Yeah, and so that's why I want to wrap it up so people aren't, A, snoozing, snoozing and they want to actually listen to when we come back because I do think the Big Orange Juice will be our best segment because we're going to tell stuff that people in regular media wouldn't tell, stuff that they might not ha have access to. And so we all know Knoxville's a small area. And and, and, and luckily, like, and basically everybody knows everybody, but, but you and I get to go to Knoxville Catholic and um, – we were around certain people um, and we were around certain people that had um, a lot of money. And um, so I actually grew up in Nashville until fourth grade, came to Sacred Heart in fifth grade and became friends uh, with just kids. You know, I'm a huge UT fan, um, but at that age, you're a huge UT fan and you got buddies, you, you know, and, and I get invited over to a house, one of the biggest, nicest houses I've ever been to. And, you're like, man, this is incredible. Like, got a pool, got a pool table. You know, as a kid, you're just like, you're not thinking about what I'm about to talk about, but you're just like, I'm a UT fan. Okay, great. And then you run into UT football players at this house. And you're not thinking like, wait, why is this college kid? Because at that time, when you're in middle school, these, I mean, they're college kids, but yeah, like to us, they're like, you know, 
they're big deals. Like they're our role models. And so my quick story they're is gods one day at I, that point. It's really, yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it, make, but you're right. I mean, we look up to them like they're the coolest person in the world. And uh, so anyways, I get invited over to this house and I'm there and we're hanging out and we're spending the night. And the next thing I know, the next morning, I'm like on the couch or a sleeping bag and I'm getting woken up by a mammoth of a man. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's Kevin Simon, who is he's wearing like a cutoff. And I'm, I mean, I'm like. I'm look. I mean, I'm like seeing this dude's traps and this guy's arms, and I'm like, this guy, I'm like, this guy is an animal. But like, it was so cool because I'm just at someone's house spending the night, and then you wake up, and it's the. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Simon was a good example of earlier. Like, he was a, he was a fan favorite type deal. He's a really good player here, a huge recruit coming from California, but didn't quite make it in the NFL. Um, but at that time, like it was him and Kevin Burnett, you know, two and five, like they, they were, those were the guys at linebacker. We thought they were so cool and I'm getting woken up and he's throwing us around and wrestling with us. It was a great guy. I mean, great, great guy treated us so awesome. And it was just so fun to have him around. So then I'm like, every time I go to that house, I'm like, Oh great. I'm going to get to see Kevin Simon. And every time I would go there, I would get to see Kevin Simon and like, he would just be so funny. And so it was just so, so awesome. And it was such a unique experience that I didn't realize I got to have until I was older. And then I obviously didn't put two and two together. Like, huh, you know, <laughs> how, why, why was this Kevin Simon at, at this, uh, these, uh, you know, quote unquote, wealthy people's homes. <laughs> and so it was the kid's birthday one time and we're all over there and we're going to like Wasabi's, you know, Japanese steakhouse and Kevin Simon's joining us for dinner. And uh, so we go back to the house and we're playing Xbox and stuff. And, you know, Kevin Simon's going off doing college, college kid things. And so I remember we're staying up late and uh, we're like going down to the kitchen to like get some snacks or food. It's like two thirty three in the morning. Now, mind, I tell you, we went to a Japanese steakhouse that night. And, you know, me, I love to eat. And even at this age, I was like, bro, I'm about to go down here and I'm about to smash my leftovers. We turn the corner. And good old Special K, a.k.a. Kevin Simon, had just gotten back from, you know, whatever bar he was at, whatever party he was at. And his standing in the kitchen with the refrigerator door open with a to-go box, and he, is, <laughs> and he is smashing this food. And at that point, I was like, I love Kevin Simon. But, like, bro, that's my teriyaki chicken. Like, <laughs> You going to fight him? I was, that's all I was about to say. Like, how do I handle this? I'm like 85 pounds, 100 pounds. No, but anyways, like, that was just stories that, like, they just became normal. They became normal for us, like, when you're around certain people and then you look back on it. And all this came about a couple episodes ago when we were talking about the players getting paid and all that stuff. And you and I got into a conversation and we were talking about different boosters and different this and different that. And then we talked about this family and we're like, yeah, like, they're 100% boosters. They were 100% probably doing things that they shouldn't be done. And I say all that to say this, like, as a kid, it was a great experience for me. And uh, as a fan, I hope your boy Heupel does it too. <laughs> I, want, I mean, because if people think, if people think, and, and everyone knows that there's cheating and everyone knows that there's improper benefits. And as a fan, I can say this, that we got to be really careful about it now because of all the crap that happened with Pruitt. And I know you and I have argued that you want someone to come in and run a good, clean program. And that's true. Like, you, I'm not saying that to 
boaster you as like a good old boy ball for life, but like, that's actually how you are. And morally, I, you know, we look the same way, both uh, good moral people. I guess I just don't attach my morals to college football because I'm a sicko fan and I want to win. So I want Hypo to cheat because if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying in that world. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that another time, the whole, the whole cheating stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was cool growing up and, get to be around and, and he wasn't the only player I got to be around and all the different stories that you get to hear that maybe some other fans don't know. And, um, hopefully we'll get to bring some more of the, of the, the juicy stuff. So yeah, it was cool that, uh, I got to hang out with some of the players when they were, uh, I guess receiving their improper benefits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's something that, uh, people imagine is going on. They don't actually know. And it's yes. definitely happening uh throughout the entire country it's not just not just here it's just we know about it because we're from here um right definitely happening happening at the alabamas and the clemsons and the ohio states and all the teams that you've seen be very Notre good. Dame. Yeah. yeah every team you've seen be very good over the past 20 years it happens uh it happened where, where they're at so uh, never think that anybody is innocent in, in yes fall um but that is the big orange juice. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the juicy stories that we had. And uh, we will try and make sure and have one each week uh, so you can understand more of behind the scenes kind of stuff. So I'm so glad uh, that we're doing this now, Reed. I'm so glad that you're, you're here now, that you're part of this. Um, uh, and uh, look forward to all the great conversations we're going to have and we'll try and keep our conversations during the week to a minimum so we have the good stuff for you guys uh, to listen to. And, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I, I, I'm stoked that you asked me to do it, um, you know, and I and like to the fans, to the people that, that listen, I, I hope that uh, – I hope they enjoy it, and we we will tighten it up. We'll we'll do better, not rambling on so much and get to the good stuff. But no, I appreciate you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon, and love you, brother. Yeah. So uh, for you know whoever uh, out there wants to listen, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you know, I now have a YouTube channel, Believe in Tennessee Football. So check us out there. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, at Kyler Kerbison on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Reed, what are some of your handles? I will get those to you next time. <laughs> okay. Yes, I, I, haven't, I, haven't been, I haven't been on it in a while, but and, and you got the bigger following than I do, but yeah, I'll start so pumping it. If you want to follow Reed Bacon, search Reed Bacon, and you might be able to find him. Um, and then also have the phone line. Uh, if you want to send in questions, texts, or voicemails, that is 865-322-9232. Uh, also, you can send emails to believeintennesseefootball at gmail.com uh, if you have any questions there or any topics you want us to cover. So I uh, appreciate you guys uh, listening or watching. Uh, please rate and subscribe. Uh, let all your friends and family know. Uh, and as always, go balls.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.